The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.T. Hogg. This is Take 4 Wrestling, episode 16. I am Brian Kilby, and with me I have the man, the myth, the legend, the defender of children, the leader of... Do you have a stable? Well, my family members, the hillbillies. The leader of the hillbillies. (laughs) I'm just the smartest one. That's because I lived in the city for a couple years. How is everybody doing? (laughs) You got... You got some education. That's right. I made it past the eighth grade. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> uh, today, okay, so you, I, I, I've been picking, like, almost every single show that we've talked about, I've been picking up to, to this point. Uh, this week, you picked this this up, this up uh, show to talk about, and um, I don't know that I like it any better than some of the crap <laughs> that I've picked, but we'll we'll get into that. It's WCW's Greed, which is the last pay-per-view they ever did you got to see big papa pump there's nothing better than big papa god i pump. wish i hadn't the steiner recliner <laughs> uh ddp got some juice in that but we'll talk about that um but before we get into that let's go ahead and talk about the uh gimmick of the week what's the gimmick of the week this week the gimmick of the week is a little topical we're gonna go with uh mortis i love mortis and canyon chris canyon's awesome yeah, Mortis uh, was a um, again one of those more. Uh, I think I've noticed a theme. I'm going with a lot of goth characters, kind of. Um, but he was more of like a Mortal Kombat guy um, when he uh, came in against Glacier. Which mm-hmm. that uh, that right in itself is a different gimmick of the week, right there. The amazing Glacier. That's not one that I would necessarily. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> bring a lot too, but yeah. But uh, Mortis was uh, pretty cool. I would have, um, I really enjoyed a lot of uh, Mortis's matches. He had a really cool outfit. Um, I was sad that they never released the Mortis figure. Um, they were going to, uh, if you remember when WCW put out those big um, rubber figures towards um right around this time where it had like hulk hogan and big bubba rogers and the giant they were going to put out a canyon one they made a prototype but um they never put it out and he kept it on his desk that was a story i heard from a uh, shark boy interesting um but uh yeah can't uh mortis he uh debuted around uh 1997 uh, before that, he was actually in WCW at, uh, with the tag team Minute Work, if you remember them at all, with uh, Mark Starr. Vaguely. They were the guys that wore hard hats and um, flannel shirts. But uh, they, That sounds about right. They repackaged. Oh, he does. Oh, no, no, no. Did that the best, the best use of that ever, though? Steve Regal. Oh, that's right. The, God, the I love that. It was so, the man's man. It was so terrible. I love that. It was awful, but I loved it. That was a head scratching moment, I think. Uh he was he was like chopping wood and eating orange juice or drinking orange juice. I loved it. <laughs> it was so awful. I love it. Yeah, I wish they would have let that go a little bit longer. But um Yeah, the he uh when he was repackaged, he was brought in and he was managed by uh James Vandenberg, which was actually his oh, yeah. friend 
who uh, got him into wrestling. And, um, of course, they brought him in specifically to feud with Glacier. And uh, he faced off with Glacier at uh, Uncensored, um, but lost, of course. But uh, his partner, Raph, debuted on that night, which was Adam Bomb. And um, the uh, Canyon gimmick, or the Mortis gimmick, never went anywhere really after that. It was kind of just kind of dropped off. It was just cool. Yeah, it had cool music. He had a cool mask. Um, I like the fact that that when uh, James Vandenberg talked about him, he was, he said that he took him to all the uh, all around the world to fight in pit fights and stuff, and trained him in all different types of combat. And uh, it was it was a really cool gimmick. Um, but unfortunately, it ended in um, around February of '98 when Mortis asked to join uh, Raven's stable, the Flock. And, um, Raven, uh, wouldn't let him join unless he beat Diamond Dallas Page. And of course he didn't. So he was, uh, DDT'd on the entranceway by Raven. And that led to Canyon coming in and coming into his own as the innovator of offense. Offense. Yeah. But, um, I think we'll probably get to, uh, talk about a little bit more in the bat, the, in the actual match on the show, but, Unfortunately, Canyon didn't have a great end for him. Um, seemed like he had some mental problems and some um, substance abuse problems. Yeah, he, he yeah he suffered from bipolar disorder. Yeah, which I think ultimately led to his uh, death when he committed suicide. Yeah. He was also he was also gay and he struggled uh, as a he was uh, in the closet up for most of his life. Yeah, he um, unfortunately, uh, I. I was wondering about this because I was thinking about uh, Canyon when we were watching the show about how um, it seems like wrestling has always been pretty uh, progressive when it came to homosexuality. Um, a lot of the, like uh, uh, I guess I guess so. A lot of guys like because uh, uh, they all knew about Pat Patterson. Um, I mean, behind the scenes on camera, I would not say that they were progressive about homosexuality. Oh well, no, definitely not on camera. No. But um, it seemed like backstage, like um, they were all uh, definitely fine with it because there was a lot of homosexual wrestlers. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, my uncle used to tell me stories about it. But um, yeah, it seemed like they were pretty uh, progressive. So I just wonder what thought, what made Canyon stay in the closet for so long. I wonder if it was more family issues or anything. But um, he uh, actually tried to say that WWE fired him because he was homosexual there for a while, but he ended up admitting that that was just part of a publicity stunt. But, um, yep, unfortunately, he never really reached his full potential. Um, he was, because he was a pretty talented wrestler. Uh, they used him for a lot of uh, video game captures, and um, he did the... Uh, a lot of the wrestling and stunt coordinating on movies like um, the Jesse the Body Ventura movie and uh, Ready to Rumble. So those are interesting. To uh, have you ever seen that Jesse the Body movie? No. You got to watch that sometime. It is awful. None of it's true. It's, it's <laughs> like they they had uh, Jesse involved in the Montreal Screw Job. And all sorts of different things. It was it was awful. You're gonna have to watch it sometime. But um, 
That's crazy. But yeah, Canyon, uh, he actually uh, was the stunt coordinator on that movie. So he might have had a whole nother second career. But unfortunately... Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. 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 Okay, I, I always loved Canyon. I uh, thought he was a great wrestler. I thought Mortis uh, always did again a lot of innovative innovative moves. Uh, he had an awesome entrance. Just uh, I thought he was a great talent. It's a shame that he's gone. Yeah, it, he's definitely one of my favorite from that era. He would have been a really. Good, I think he would have been really good for um, NXT as a trainer or something because he was. Uh, I think that was his his uh, coupe de gras, maybe. Yeah, coup de gras. Coup de gras. (laughs) Okay, let's go ahead and jump to uh, the show for this week, which is WCW Greed, which aired about five days before WWF bought WCW. And so it's it's the last WCW pay-per-view ever. But one thing I don't understand, I don't get the name. What's up with the name? Uh, they were starting to. I think they were going with the whole uh, seven deadly sins for their pay per views. Did they did they finish them? Uh, no, they just had sin and greed. Well, sin's not a seven deadly sin, is it? Yeah, you're right. You just completely <laughs> threw off my whole. <laughs> <laughs> they probably they probably were going in that direction. It was starting, so sin. They're probably it would probably bookend it with something else. Yeah, I think the next one was going to be called WCW Gluttony. I'm just kidding about that. Oh God, that would have that would have not worked, would it? <laughs> no, that wouldn't have worked at all. WCW Avarice, no. <laughs> Covenant. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I, I don't think that's gonna gonna do it. But yeah, so um, WCW Greed with the last pay per view, it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, you like it? I yeah, it was okay. I picked something with Dusty Rhodes on it for you. And I love, I love how Tony Schiavone said, it's the only time that Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes have ever uh, faced off in a pay-per-view match. I know you may be uh, saying, what about the classic Starcades? But that was before pay-per-view. That was, uh, that was closed circuit television. I'm like, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, I think he was getting a little too technical Yeah, on that. So, um, yeah, actually, I did some uh, actual research for this show. Good. I didn't. I, I just watched it. I uh, looked up all the guys I didn't know, and then I watched the uh, l- second to last episode of Nitro, the one after this. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so, tell, tell me about it. What happened? Um, well, uh, the second to last Nitro, um, they had a uh, – the why well, that will give away spoilers, I think. Okay, so let's go ahead and just jump into it. So, okay. uh, I mean, so did you watch the Nitro before this, the, the go-home show before this that led into it? Is that what you said? No, uh, no, I watched the next one. Oh, yeah. We won't, let's, not worry yeah. About, let's not worry about that right now, then. Okay. Uh, so, um, <laughs> okay, so this, uh, this pay-per-view, it, again, it, only 5,000 people attended, which I thought was an incredibly low number. But I heard Dave Meltzer or somebody uh, – it was Dave Meltzer on um, the Wrestling Observer podcast – or, uh, actually, I guess Wrestling Observer Radio, to be technical, um, mentioned how Raw now only gets about 5,000 people because I thought it was still close like, to ten to 15,000. But that's really more what they get a pay- at a pay-per-view these days. So 5,000 people for WCW in 2001 is probably not that bad. Yeah, the uh, building capacity was about 10,000, so they're about half capacity, which isn't awful. Uh, I mean, it looked pretty 
pretty full in there. So, uh, so, so let me let me let me ask you this: In two thousand one, do you think WWF? Do you think their shows the building was half capacity? Uh, I doubt it. I doubt it too. <laughs> but there is a reason yeah, they, they were out of they were going out of business. They were sold, so not WWF. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to know if they. I don't think they knew at this point that because uh, I, I don't think Vince had bought it by this point. Nobody knew I until mean, the Monday Nitro that Shane McMahon showed up. Yeah, so I think uh, Eric Bischoff was still at this point trying to buy WCW. Yeah, things have turned out a lot differently had that happened, but he didn't because they lost the TV deal. Yeah, and pretty much without the TV deal, it was worthless. Uh, well, to most people, Vince, uh, he 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 sees the long game, and yes, uh, yeah, he uh, <laughs> yeah, he uh, he, he he had he had some ideas. I mean, he's all about uh, tapes, DVDs, and all that, and of course now the WWE Network. So, in the long run, he was the smart one. It was a very smart accusi- accusation. acquisition. Acquisition. I got it on the third time. You got it. <laughs> but yeah, because uh, who wouldn't want w- uh, WCW had a heck of a tape library. I mean, they've had some of the greatest matches of all time ever. Yeah, I mean, they because they bought out the Crockett territory, and when they bought JCP, um, they got pretty much some of the best wrestling that's ever been put on tape. Yeah, I'd like to uh I wonder if it was on actual like it had to have been on actual tapes. Uh so, so I wonder where they hit it, like put it. So um house shows I think were on sixteen millimeter, something like that. Um uh that film. Um the T V shows were almost certainly on beta. So you know they had in Turner or somewhere they had to have um a vault where that stuff stayed. That would be a pretty cool job having to uh, go through it all and document it. Um, I am certain it would be a monotonous and terrible job. (laughs) Well, there's a few years of WCW. It'd be probably pretty rough to watch every single hour of it. Yeah. Uh, But tell me about the show. So what's the, what's the gimmick here? Why, why, why does anybody care about WCW greed? Well, this uh, was the very last uh, WCW pay-per-view. Um, to find a copy on VHS, uh, it's worth a lot of money around like 50, 60, 70, 80 bucks mm-hmm. just for one VHS. Um, and it was just a, uh, it was, I, I think this whole pay-per-view is interesting because they were doing a lot of taking a lot more chances. So I just wonder if WCW would have continued where this would have went from here. Um, I think Kevin Sullivan was booking at this time, and um, I think I think they might have been able to uh, start back uh, on the upswing. Maybe if they had money to fund it. I mean, I guess they had money. Turner, they still had Turner money, but uh, Turner wanted to sell. Uh, so, but how was this marketed? I mean, what did how did WCW market this? What was the, why would anybody want to have uh, got this pay per view to buy it? Well, it was um, probably for the DDP Scott Steiner match. I would never have wanted to buy that ever, <laughs> not in a million years. Well, they had really been pushing uh, Scott Steiner to the moon. Um, uh, previously, he had uh, taken out Sting, um, and Sting was done by this point. 
uh, in storyline wise. Uh, he had taken out Kevin Nash in a retirement match. Um, Sid Vicious, uh, two pay-per-views before this, uh, broke his leg in that um, horrible accident. Mm -hmm. So he was out. And now uh, Diamond Dallas Page was kind of like the last guy to go up against Scott Steiner. And Scott Steiner had just been going through everybody. And uh, actually, Scott Steiner was part of a group at the time called the Magnificent Seven, which um, had Ric Flair, Buff Bagwell, Lex Luger, um, that's the worst name for a stable ever. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. Well, do you remember, do you remember the old age outlaws? Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not a Scott Steiner fan at this point. I was not a DDP fan to be honest. I mean, I, I liked DDP when he was a heel early on before he got any traction, when he was just a guy who showed up on uh Saturday night, I liked him in that, in that role when he became like a, um, like a low mid-card wrestler and worked his way up to the main event. Not really a big fan. I actually didn't really like DDP until he was in his WWE run. At that point, I'm like, even though he was old, he was really old. Uh, I, I was really more impressed with him. I, I actually started liking him. And I've really become more of a fan of DDP and like his post-wrestling career. Uh, but yeah, that's like with me. I didn't. I didn't really care for him at the time. Yeah. I had a, f a few friends that were like fanatical DDP fans. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. But I never cared for him. Um, actually, I like him now just because of the DDP yoga and what he did for Jake and like Scott Hall. But um, but at this time, I really I don't know. It was just something about him that I didn't like. Um, I didn't like that he named every single one of his moves something. Um, like he had like the diamond cutter and the diamond drop and like the diamond T like he named like almost every single one of his moves, but, um, he was doing the RKO gimmick out of nowhere way before Randy Orton was, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't realize how old the, uh, diamond cutter actually was. Um, cause, uh, Johnny, uh, um, uh, John Laurinaitis was doing it in Japan. He he was calling it the Ace Cutter, and they had been doing that move um, all the way since uh, I think one of the first documented ones was around the '60s. Was they were doing the Diamond Cutter? Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. It seemed like that move was a newer move, but it didn't really make it to uh, mainstream U.S. wrestling until uh, Diamond Dallas Page brought it. Interesting. Uh, but, um, yeah, he, uh, Diamond Dallas Page was, uh, he, I don't think he could have been the face of the company. No, I'm not, not, I'm not sure Scott Steiner could have been either, but I'm not going to say anything bad about Scott Steiner because he'll, he might track me down. He seems like one of those kind of guys. Uh, I, I totally see that. Okay, let's jump to the actual, <laughs> uh, the matches themselves. The first, uh, was Jason Jett against Kiwi. <laughs> Kiwi. Uh, I think that was, um, I don't know if you remember on Saturday Night Live, the uh, Mango. No. It was uh, it was a character that that Chris Kattan played. I hate He's Chris like, Kattan. So I you cannot probably, touch the mango. I probably would have blocked that out. So, yeah, it wasn't very good. So but what, that's what his uh, gimmick was based after. So what did you think of this match? Uh, it was all right. I could really tell that this was... They knew that this was like their chance 
it seemed like. Their chance to Oh, the, these uh, guys this, these guys thought it was their chance to get exposure. Yeah, this was like their big chance. Because they were uh I mean they were working really hard for this. Um it it was uh the whole setup of the show I had forgotten because I didn't really watch much of this uh WCW at this time live. I which certainly I don't didn't. think yeah, I don't think anybody did. But uh they had more it seemed like they had more of a WWE feel. Like with the entrance stage and everything. Yeah, I can see that. They got away from their traditional uh like a WCW set. And this was actually the same set they used the next night on Nitro too. Hmm. Oh, and that sucks. <laughs> but uh they actually had some uh there were some interesting moves in this match. Uh there was like a uh face first body slam where he planted him on his on his uh, stomach in the body slam, which I thought was interesting. And um, there was like, uh, there was a lot of nut shots in the match too. I, so I hate to say it, I tuned out. I'm like, I don't know either of these guys and I just, I don't see a reason to care. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I know that WCW changed toward the end. It no longer became just the old guys club. But that's really what I, I, even though I know, even though I've watched a lot of the stuff and I've read The Death of WCW by Brian Alvarez, I, I, I just really expected to see different people in this whole show, but especially in the opening match. I was not sold with, with these two guys. Yeah, it's just, I didn't, I just didn't really care about them. Didn't um, care. Kiwi was, uh, his real name's Alan Funk. He's uh, not related to Terry Funk at all. I would have still used that name instead of Queeby. <laughs> yeah. Well, he went under a few different gimmicks um, later on. Um, he uh, he was wrestling in that, um, if you remember that Hulk Hogan Australian tour, he was doing like a, a Hulk Hogan type gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, they called him the Funkster. That's funny. <laughs> And uh, then later on, he went on to uh, total nonstop action and wrestle. Uh, he was part of the tag team, the uh, West Hollywood Blondes, as Bruce with Lenny. Okay, I, I know. I, I've heard of that then. I didn't realize it was the same guy. Yeah, he uh, he also won Miss TNA in uh, oh God. Okay. 2002. So uh, I think that's pretty much about the highlight of his career. God, okay. Jason Jett was um he was known as uh EC money in uh ECW and um he really got i think uh he got he was actually the last person to ever be signed by WCW so uh i thought that was pretty interesting um he uh teamed he made his debut as actually as Jason B um for the uh WCW Cruiserweight tournament Tag team tournament mm-hmm. where he teamed with uh, Scotty O. They lost to uh, three count. Scotty O. He's a he's a uh, local independent wrestler around here um, in my area of Ohio. Actually, I haven't seen him wrestle for about ten years, but he was uh, he was making his rounds after WCW. So, um, but then they brought him back as uh, Jason Jet, mm-hmm. and uh, we're giving him a pretty good sized push. He was. Uh, Picked up by WWE um, after the WCW uh, buyout, but um, they sent him down to a HWA, and uh, then he was just released from his contract. So he never really made anything past that. 
Um, in ECW, he was the guy that teamed with Julio De Niro, if you remember him. I don't. From the Legends of Wrestling show that we uh, watched. Oh, 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 I do remember that. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that. So is there any other thing about this match that I should care about? Uh, not really. I mean, it was a good match. I'm not going to sit here and say it was bad. It wasn't bad. It just it didn't it didn't leave any real impact on me. Yeah, I just didn't care. And his uh, it it was a real his finisher was real awkward. The crash landing, it's like a suplex where he just throws them. So it doesn't seem like it's a very safe move because you can land on your head at any second. But other than that, I mean, it was it was all right. Okay. The crowd enjoyed it. Cool. Okay, next match. Um, I also really didn't care much about this one. It's Elix Skipper <laughs> and Kid Romeo against Rey Mysterio Jr. and Billy Kidman. And oh my God, I'd forgotten that Ray Ray had lost his mask. Oh man, uh, yeah. Rey Mysterio looks awful without a mask on. He should not go without that mask. I always like how WWE always uh, skips over this part of his career. Yeah, they should. <laughs> But uh, but there was actually they actually tried to do a cruiserweight tag team title, which is interesting to say the least. I mean, WCW really made their name originally with the cruiserweight stuff, and I get them sort of trying to go back to basics and then maybe expand on that. But I don't know that it really matters. Yeah, by this point, it was done. But um, if you noticed, uh, if you saw the tournament brackets, did you notice that AJ Styles was in that tournament? I did not. I did not notice that. Yeah, he um, he was wrestling for WCW right before they closed. I knew that. I just uh, I don't remember seeing him though. So we could have had AJ Styles a lot earlier than what we did. Uh yeah. Probably not. Well, he would not have been the same guy. Yeah. I mean, he was doing some great stuff. I remember watching uh, like him and Christopher Daniels. Uh, their series of matches and just it, it was all great stuff. But I don't know. I think he's he's a much better in my mind. He's a much better talent that now than he was with all this life experience. Even though he's, I mean, he's older than I am, and he does amazing stuff in the ring. It's 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 truly impressive that he is as good as he is. Yeah, because he's fairly old now. He's like he's like thirty nine. That's pretty old to be just getting started in WWE. Well, it's not just so. that; just the stuff that he does. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He's well. He's phenomenal. He he is phenomenal. <laughs> and you know, he was a guy that I I mean I wasn't super sold on as somebody who should be a WWE guy until he actually made it to the WWE, and I'm like, yeah, he is that good. Yeah, that's kind of how I was with him too. I didn't think he was. I was like, well, he's not going to draw anything. But um, after watching him a few times, yeah, he's. I mean, he's the real deal. So what what about this match? I mean, I, I, I don't want to just crap on it and just skip it. So is there something um, – I don't remember a thing about it. I, I didn't take any notes in, on this one. Well, it was a, uh, it was a surprisingly good finish. Um, I thought it was, it was an all right tag match. I mean, if I'm not – I try to uh, not let my bias of uh, – like spot wrestling get in my way of how I look at some of these shows. Mm-hmm. Cause I understand a lot of people like wrestling like that, but yeah. um, it wasn't, it, I mean, it was a good tag match. Um, didn't really tell much of a story, but uh, these guys really don't ever. Um, Elix Skipper never really went on. Uh, he went on to uh, TNA for a little bit. 
Uh, Kid Romeo, he I think he went back to uh, doing his exotic dancing. And, uh, of course, Rey Mysterio went back to WWE and uh, put his mask on. And was compl- this part was completely ignored. What happened to Billy Kidman? Uh, Billy Kidman, he uh, worked worked a few times in WWE in different... Uh, he was part of the invasion angle, mm-hmm. and um, he, uh, I think now he's a uh, road agent. Oh, interesting. So the thing that gets me, and it was after this, he actually married Tori Wilson. Yeah. How did he fall into that? Well, they must have uh, fell in love with each other. Oh, yeah, well, good. Good friend. <laughs> he was, he's, I didn't think he was a bad looking dude. No, no, but he's not, he's not a big guy. And I just always pictured that she would probably wind up with somebody who was kind of bigger. <laughs> well, uh, they probably fell in love after they had the, uh, what was that? The Viagra and the pool match with, uh, Shane Douglas. Oh God. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was never, uh, actually I was never a big fan of, um, the filthy animals, uh, any of them really. Uh, I was never a big fan of uh, Ray Mysterio. I, I, you know, honestly, I'm not either. I've never, never really cared. Yeah, he just never really did anything to for me. I have friends that love him, but he's just, just not one of my guys. In fact, I going back over the, this uh, whole card. I'm trying to think. There are only two guys on here, three that I really, really, really love. And um, it's none of these guys. I bet you. Well, so I, I would say there are three that I love, two that I really, really, really like, uh, maybe three that I really, 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 really like, and uh, then a couple that I'm I'm good with, then a lot that I just don't care about. So, yeah, that's probably pretty close to how I am too. Which is the case on any card, but um, specifically this one. I mean, you ha- when you have Dusty Rhodes. Uh, Ric Flair and uh, Dustin Rhodes, um, and I, I love all three of those guys. Um, it's it's hard for a lot of other people to compare, but you know you, you still got Booker T, you got Canyon. I, I really like Canyon. Uh, I even liked Ernest the Cat Miller. Yeah, the, uh, that match was really good. Yeah, I I thought so. So let's go ahead and jump <laughs> to the next match. Uh, Sean Stasiak with Stacy Keebler uh, against Bam Bam Bigelow, and this was I guess near the end of Bam Bam's career. Uh, yeah, I don't think he um, wrestled much more after this. And he, he died just about six, five or six years after this, too. Yeah. Yeah, he... Uh, I'm looking up what he uh, died of right uh, now. So I actually thought that he died of... No, let's see here. I just thought it was the fire, but didn't he Didn't he save, a house, save people from a house fire? Uh, I think he might have. It looked like it was a heart problem mixed with drugs. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes, unfortunately, all too much sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, now I was, I liked Big ba- uh, Bam Bam Bigelow a lot. Oh, me too. Even I though his finisher it. was awful. The frog splash. No, the greetings from Asbury Park. <laughs> I because uh, I I watched him on the next night uh, Nitro and he did it. And I was like, oh, that had to have been a botch. And uh, so I went through and I watched a bunch of different videos of him. Uh, the guy's head came nowhere near the mat anytime. Oh. Because it's like a, almost like a scoop tombstone pile driver. Um, I forget what they call that in the that move. 
but um yeah it, it was just awful every time he did it but uh bam bam gave me a lot of years of enjoyment yeah absolutely uh, what, um, about, what, he, about, what about sean stasiak uh no years of enjoyment <laughs> me <laughs> good old meat um he's just he's just a weirdo he did he, his wrestling career did not last long no and his dad was a former world champion yeah, yeah absolutely uh Shaw, yeah he got fired uh from WWF for uh recording people's phone conversations is that what happened kind of, yeah he, he was like recording all their conversations and uh the guys found out about it and of course they weren't very happy about it no <laughs> but uh he uh he's just out uh, I remember uh when I was going to uh wrestling school was uh when he was when they did the uh, new blood mm-hmm. angle and uh, Sean Stasiak was supposed to be uh perfection and he botched his uh, finishing move every single time. Lame. <laughs> that was a big joke at the school because uh, the HWA school at the time was actually, it was just becoming a uh, WCW developmental school mm-hmm. that I was going to. So they uh, had all the inside knowledge on WCW like that night that um if you remember uh Bischoff and Russo came out and uh reset like WCW yeah um none of the wrestlers had any idea what was going on uh, they didn't tell them about anything beforehand it was like they were trying to work the boys that night so like they didn't know if they were going to have their jobs or anything that seems like a uh, recurring thing with WCW towards the end. Okay, so what about this match? Anything that uh, anybody should care about? Uh, it was. I thought it was a pretty decent match. Um, Stacy Keebler uh, interfered and sprayed Bam Bam in the eyes. I was never. I mean, I always thought she was very cute, but I was never a big Stacy Keebler fan. Yeah. Um, Especially when she started wrestling later on at WWE. That was, was terrible. Awful. That was terrible. But uh, wasn't she j- dating uh, uh, Rick Flair's son, David Flair? Yeah. Was she George Clooney? She was dating George Clooney for a while oh, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And that makes me think of uh, Batman Forever. <laughs> yeah. Or Batman and Robin. Yeah, Batman and Robin. <laughs> Uh, so next match, uh, Team Canada, Landstorm, and Mike Awesome. God, Mike Awesome. Uh, wrestled Conan and Hugh Morris. I've never cared for Conan. No, I know. I've never liked Conan either. And I'm not a Mike Awesome fan either, especially the way that he left ECW. Yeah, this. Uh, I thought this match was very sloppy. It was just a very sloppy match. I bet you Lance Storm was not happy about that. No. Especially being the way he is, because Lance Storm's a perfectionist. And Hugh Morris, too, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, Hugh Morris, uh, he never, I don't think he really ever achieved the success that um, he possibly could have in WCW. Um, Because he was a big, he was a big dude, but he was very agile. He was, yeah. Pretty pretty decent worker. Yeah. of course, this was uh, Conan's one of Conan's last, uh, I mean, big stage appearances. Um, I don't know if you really want to call TNA a big stage. No, I wouldn't. But um, 
of course, uh, Lance Storm and Mike Awesome, they both went to uh, WWE after this, along with uh, Hugh Morris. Um, Lance Storm uh, had a, he was probably the most successful out of all these all uh, those three guys. Uh, Mike Mike Awesome's run in WWE didn't last very long at all, which I don't understand because he he seems like he'd be somebody ever that uh, Vince McMahon would absolutely love. When did he die? Um, he died. Oh seven. Oh seven. Yeah. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, he committed suicide. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just never thought of him. I never thought of him as a really great talent. I know that uh, my friends before he left back in the day really loved his work in ECW, but I just not real, not a really big fan of the guy. Sorry. Well, he was dangerous. He was. I mean, his finishing move was what a running power bomb into a table. Yeah. The awesome bomb, yeah, not 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 a safe move. And you just say, yeah, you have no control over that. You just throw the guy. Yeah. And um, a lot of his suplexes were very dangerous looking. Uh, he'd be a guy. Uh, of course, he cleaned up for working for WCW and WWE, but I think he was just more of a dangerous worker to be in the ring with. Um, of course, Hugh Morris. He went on to be a trainer. In NXT before getting unceremoniously fired for being a little too rough. A little too rough, yeah. <laughs> Which I, I I'd like to know how like really rough he was being, if he was just being like regular wrestling school rough. Um, because it gets pretty uh, gnarly in there sometimes mm-hmm. when you're training to be a wrestler. But I think a lot of the a lot of the new generation probably couldn't take it. Yeah. Yeah. Our culture today couldn't handle being berated and pushed around a little bit. They'd call it bullying, I guess. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. But um, I, I really like Lance Storm. But I'm sorry, Lance. I don't like your podcast. Um, I've never actually listened to that one. It's only been around for a couple weeks. I oh. love I love Lance Storm as a guest. I can't stand him as a podcast host because it's so boring. Yeah, it's not like he has a lot of personality. He's just straight-laced and very organized. Yeah. So next match, uh, Natural Born Thriller, Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo. I forgot about Chuck Palumbo. Uh, <laughs> you he... skipped over. Oh, Sh- <laughs> Sugar Shane Helms. I guess, was he still Sugar Shane, Sugar Shane at this point? Yeah. That's awesome. It's funny you skipped over this because the only notes I took for this match was, could there be any two guys who I have less interest in? I love Shane Helms. <laughs> I love Shane Helms. I think he's awesome. Uh, but Chavo? Eh, not a big fan. Uh, I've never liked any of these guys, uh, either one of these two. Um, I don't know. Shane Helms just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I liked him as the Hurricane. I thought uh, him and The Rock had some pretty funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Chavo, just I never had any interest for him at all. I think it's his last name's the only thing that the reason why he's in WCW or WWE or even TNA. I think it was just because of his last name. Possibly. I think if he would have had a different last name, he wouldn't have been anywhere. That sounds pretty harsh, though, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> wow. I just kind of attacked him for no reason. I didn't say <laughs> that, Chavo. I'm uh, well. What, I already said it. What are you going to do? Uh, supposedly, he got uh, he got into a fight with the Big Show in the in the locker room one time. Mm-hmm. 
and like Big Show like picked him up and threw him because he was talking like Big Show was talking about how the big guys were more important than the little guys. And I guess Chavo might have took a little offense to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, not nothing super interesting there from from my perspective. Uh, next match, uh, Sean O'Hare and again Chuck Palumbo versus. Two guys I don't give a flip about, Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell. Can you see why I just did not care for this show? Yeah, I guess I could understand that. Um, I, I, I actually, I kind of like Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell a little bit. Uh, the pay-per-view, a uh, couple pay-per-views before this, they were the one that ended Goldberg's career. They beat uh, Goldberg and um, the, the Sarge. And uh, if Goldberg lost the match, he had to retire. And they ended up uh, spraying him in the face with mace, or a fan sprayed him in the face with mace. And then um, they uh, did like a, uh, almost like a uh, doomsday device uh, blockbuster on Goldberg, which was actually kind of cool. But uh, they seemed like they made, uh, I thought they made a pretty good team, totally buffed. Um, Just don't care for the guys. Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo, uh, they were they were all right. Unfortunately, a lot of guys on the show had uh, tragic ends. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean O'Hare is another one that uh, took his own life. Um, I uh, I don't know if you remember the uh, gimmick he was going to have in WWE when he was being managed by Rowdy Piper. Not off the top of my head. He was like a. Uh, it's almost like he was a pusher. Um, he, he'd come out and do, uh, promos about, he's like, Hey, if it feels good, do it. You know, you want to just do it. And, uh, cause he kind of had that creepy devil look anyway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Chuck Palumbo of course went on to be part of the tag team, Billy and Chuck. And, uh, they almost got married. Mm-hmm. I very, 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 very <laughs> well remember that. I, uh, then, I, then I then I completely locked it out, but I remember it. <laughs> yeah, he was also part of the full blooded Italians in WWE too, right mm-hmm. before that. Um, and then uh, part of the full blooded Italians, Vito started wearing a dress. So there must have been something in that Italian food. Oh God. Okay. So <laughs> uh, next match, um, I guess best match on the card. Uh, best wrestling match on the court, uh, I would say. Ernest the Cat Miller, who I love, and I loved his play-by-play. Even though you couldn't understand it, I loved his play-by-play on Shotgun Saturday Night in WWE. Uh, I had forgotten he was in uh, WWE, actually. Oh, yeah, it was good. Uh, uh, he, he wrestled uh, Canyon, and the question is, though, who bet in Canyon? Nobody. Nobody. Or everybody depends on how you feel about the guy. But uh, this was a good match. It was Velocity, not Shotgun Saturday Night. Sorry. Oh, okay. Because I, I was I was thinking that was thinking because that was after uh, after WCW was bought and uh, Shotgun Saturday Night wasn't around at that point. I think was that during the time Velocity was only on the internet. No, it was on TV. Okay, because there was a. I remember there for a while Velocity was just on the internet and. My computer wasn't fast enough to watch it at the time. <laughs> I always <laughs> loved being at live events and Ernest Miller coming out. I love Ernest Miller. I, I know he's probably not the guy that you'd think I would love so much, but I love me some Ernest Miller. How'd you feel about when he showed up in uh, the movie The Wrestler? Were you excited about that? Oh, shoot. I forgot about that. 
<laughs> he was the sheik. Yeah. God, he's so awesome. Uh, so what did you like about this match? Uh, it was just uh, exciting. Um, the I mean, the kicks Kanye was taking was amazing uh, with Ernest Miller hitting the feliner. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were some nasty kicks. And uh, Kane, because uh, Kane was just a real good bump man. Um, I I thought it was kind of funny. He was kind of going with like a like a heel, like a, a real tough, mean heel, like with his hair all down in front of his face. And he was like a psychopath trying to beat up Miss Jones. But um, I guess he had uh, beat Miss Jones up or something. There's a lot of uh, woman beating in WCW at this time. Yeah, I, I wonder. Well, actually, at this point, uh, Russo was gone. But otherwise, it, you know, I, <laughs> I would blame that on Russo. But he was like a uh, he was like a real mean, just crazy psychopath guy uh, character at this time. And uh, he hit uh, Ernest Miller's uh, limousine with a, a a bus or something. <laughs> And then they had um, uh, Smooth, which was Ernest Miller's uh, limo driver, come out and um, keep him from beating up Miss Jones at the end. But uh, it was a, I thought it was a fun match. It was uh, really exciting. They, had, they were doing uh, false finishes right in the match. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Ernest Miller was a guy, when he debuted, he was just boring as all get out. He was. When he was teaming with Glacier, but mm-hmm. once he picked up that James Brown gimmick, he really came into his own. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he was really good or really bad. <laughs> I, I, I I don't really care, but I don't know. I don't know if 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 he really caught on or he was just failing so bad that I loved it. It, I, it could really go either way. Well, there uh, certain uh, certain guys. Um, you could be the worst wrestler in the world, but if you get a good memorable gimmick, you're good to go. True that. And um, I didn't. I didn't necessarily think he was like a horrible wrestler. Uh, he had some great uh, kick arsenal. Mm-hmm. He was more of a uh, kicker. I think he was uh, Eric Bischoff's son's karate instructor. Yeah, something like that. I think. Uh, next match: uh, Booker T uh, against Rick Steiner, and I thought that Rick Steiner had stopped wrestling by this point. I, uh, I've always been kind of a closet Rick Steiner fan. Mm-hmm. I've always, I always really liked Rick Steiner for some reason. And, um, I'd kind of forgotten that he was in WCW at this point too. He's my favorite a, Steiner. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, um, he was just, he was just tough. You know, he, he just looked like somebody you didn't want to mess with. Um, I think it was at this point when um, Scott Hudson all night was trying to be real edgy. If you noticed in the commentary, like he would mm-hmm. things, he would say things like, uh, oh, he swerved them. And uh, he would say squashing and stuff like that, trying to use inside terms. But he came out, he was like, Rick Steiner is one of the legitimately toughest guys in this business. And I was like, well, so no, everybody else isn't, you know, that's fine to say when you're talking to somebody else, but not on TV when you're supposed to be selling everybody is tough. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) 
But, um, I mean, I believe that Rick Steiner probably is one of the legitimately toughest guys in the business. But um, I like listening to stories about how he would rib, uh, him and Scotty would rib some people. I couldn't imagine being bullied by uh, the Steiner brothers. That would be some scary stuff. Yeah. Because uh, those guys would pretty much do whatever they wanted with you. Um, I think Rick was the more stable of the two. Um, but I did love his uh, singles run in WCW towards the end after uh, Scott turned heel. Um, except for the when he had a face-off with Chucky. I thought that was a little dumb. Oh, my. But uh, he was... I mean, they were selling him like a, like a beast. Uh, I remember watching a match. Uh, it was Rick Steiner was against... Uh, Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell, and they were just, he was kicking up from everything, just looking just like a beast. Um, I think that's when he won the tag titles and gave the other title to Judy Bagwell. God. <laughs> WCW was pretty bad sometimes. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't watching this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, um, yeah. Of course, Booker T, uh, we all know where he went from here. Uh, I think this was his coming to age moments uh, in WCW. Um, he was really starting to uh, become a, a main event guy at this time. Um, even though I was never really much of a big fan of Booker T until, uh, of course, his WWE, later WWE stuff. Yeah, I, I, even though, I mean... Even though he had a really good WWE career, I don't think it ever quite peaked where it should have. I mean, he never won the title, right? He never In WWE. He never won the world title, right? Yeah, he won it um, when when he was King Booker. He wanted the King Booker. Okay, I don't remember yeah. that. So was that after he wrestled uh, Triple H at what WrestleMania eighteen? Oh yeah, definitely. Because um, I mean, like there was like when he wrestled uh, Triple H at eighteen, that was like the peak of Triple H not you know doing the favor, and th in that yeah. ma in that match, Booker T absolutely should have gone over and absolutely should have won that title. Well, uh, that that really killed Booker T, and that's uh, where Triple H was just full like I'm not putting people over mode. <laughs> Because, the, um, I mean, he had been insulting Booker, bringing up his criminal past, calling him a thug, and just completely just burying him. And then he beat him at WrestleMania. You know, And it was a clean victory, too, if you remember. It was, yeah. And uh, just completely buried Booker T. Okay, so let's see here. He wrestled Triple H at... WrestleMania 19. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, 19, not 18. Yeah, he won um, He won the title uh, when it was on uh, SmackDown during the... Uh, but uh, he ended up going to TNA for a little bit and then coming back when he saw the writing on the wall in TNA. And uh, now he's a... Is he still a color commentator? He does the uh, pre and post shows, I think. Okay, so now he's got a pretty uh, sweet gig now. He's uh, he's running his uh, own wrestling promotion now. Uh, let's see here. What's next? Uh, we have... Um, what I thought was the real main event. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes against Ric Flair and Jeff Jarrett. 
And for some reason, Ric Flair is wearing Hawaiian shirts now. I don't As he that. is the WCW president. He's the CEO of WCW, yeah. Oh, okay. That's what they said. It's that's that that I mean, you know, they, they have to have an authority figure. I don't know how much of an authority figure Ric Flair was, but um I like the um the they that they had a camera in the locker room, like a security camera. Mm-hmm. Uh when uh Dusty Rhodes was eating all his burritos. Um, because the uh, stipulation of this match was if uh, Dusty and Dustin beat Flair and Jarrett, uh, Flair would have to kiss Dusty's butt, so he's eating a bunch of burritos beforehand to get all nice and stinky for him. But uh, all night they were doing um, like these little like break-ins with security cameras, which uh, actually makes a lot more sense than having just two guys talking in front of a camera. Uh, which makes no sense. <laughs> Those are always the best promos. Like, why is there a camera back there? A camera mm-hmm. guy. Exactly. <laughs> but uh the what I did notice about the show was how small it felt. Because they didn't have any backstage people at all. Mm-mm. Like backstage interviewers or anything. So um really the only people that were like office people were Scott Hudson and um Ric Flair and Tony Schiavone were the only, like, office people. But um, there was also a running theme of people getting knocked out all night in the back. Like, um, uh, Road Warrior Animal had been knocked out uh, the week before in Madasia. And then I think Buff got knocked out. And um, I don't think they ever resolved that. Who was not going around knocking them all out. Because they just kind of forgot about it on the next Nitro, and then hmm. the next Nitro after that is and done. And then it was over. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I really enjoyed the Dusty and Dustin Rhodes match with Ric Flair and Jarrett. Uh, I think the crowd really enjoyed it, too. Again, it was weird that uh, Tony Schiavone kept mentioning how this was the first time on pay-per-view. It just seemed like uh, an unnecessary uh, point to make. But, um, I mean, he, he made it. I guess they were trying to sell it on that. <laughs> Uh, Dusty, I mean, obviously Dusty's a master and, uh, he, he, he kept people waiting. Oh uh, yeah. He's great at that. Yeah. Um, I don't know though, that this is a high point for me when it comes to Dusty Rhodes. Um, it was okay when he, uh, when he came out and he did the, the kiss my white ass thing. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly that this is something that, um, is going to be on like a best of dusty Blu-ray set, but, um, (laughs) it certainly, it certainly was good and nostalgic to see them together in the ring. And my God, it's only been, I mean, I guess it's been almost 20, it's been 15 years now. Ric Flair looks so much younger back then than he does now. Yeah. Ric Flair aged quick. Yeah. Like. He stayed like pretty good for so many years, and then all of a sudden it was just like boom, he dropped just out of nowhere too. But um, this was, uh, of course, Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair were members of the Magnificent Seven, and um, I guess they had been feuding with uh, Dusty and Dustin for a while. Um, and Dusty was obviously retired by this point. Oh, definitely. Um, actually he, uh, this was, uh, three or four years before I tagged with him. 
So, and uh, he was actually wearing that same clothes. Interesting. So, uh, but I just liked how he got in the ring and he was just real slow about it. You know, Dusty knew how to work the crowd. Mm-hmm. And um, Ric Flair was still bumping like a champ, of course. Uh, Dustin was in pretty good shape for this too, I thought. And it was, I, I was happy that he wasn't in that, uh, fake gold dust character at this point. Oh yeah. The, uh, what was that? Seven or six or something. <laughs> that was a, that was interesting. Of course, he then went on to become black rain and TNA. If you ever watched any of that stuff, it's pretty pathetic. Yeah. yeah. Cause poor Dustin, he's at his heaviest. And he just looks awful in the black, which black rain was basically just a black gold dust. No, yeah, of course it was. Um, but uh, Dustin, he's doing pretty good now. Mm-hmm. Um, probably in the best shape of his life. Uh, teaming up with our truth as the golden truth. Yeah, I don't get it, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah it gives him a job, I guess. Yeah. So in this, uh, I do like the T-shirt they have. Have you seen that? No. Like the, it's almost like Step Brothers, where they're wearing the sweaters in like a portrait. But uh, Dustin got the <laughs> Dustin got the pen over uh, Rick, and uh, congratulations. Oh, and Jeff Jarrett was in this match, but I don't give a crap about Jeff Jarrett, so I'm not even going to mention him again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Dustin got just Dustin got the pen, uh, and the main event, which confused me because I don't like Scott Steiner. Uh, Scott Steiner, uh, went over DDP and DDP got color in this. A lot of color. A lot of color. Uh, this was actually, uh, DDP's last match in WCW. I mean, it was, it was a lot of, I bet this was the the last match for a lot of people in WCW (laughs) tonight. So let's see here. Uh, it was, it was, it was the last match for Diamond Dallas Page. Um, Actually, I think that's it. We could, yeah. Well, okay, okay. So I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, um, you you liked this match though, didn't you? Uh, yeah, it was all right. Um, it was it was a good it was a good brutal match. Of course, uh, Scott Steiner's a maniac, um, and uh, Diamond Dallas Page just wouldn't quit because he's the the working class man, the common man, if you will. Um. He just kept fighting and fighting, got a lot of juice in the match. Uh, Rick Steiner came out and um, interfered in the match. Um, oh, we forgot to even talk about uh, Shane Douglas cost Rick Steiner the match against I, Booker T. I haven't forgotten to mention that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but this was, uh, I, I mean, it was, it was an all right. For the guys that they had at this time, this uh, was one of their only main events matches. And um, I'd like to have known where this whole angle with Scott Steiner was going, where he was just destroying, taking out all these big names. Um, like I said, he took out Sid, Sting, and Kevin Ash before all this. And they were trying to really push him as like just this monster champion. Um, which, I mean, he's a huge man and just completely, utterly insane. Uh, I like how he calls like Diamond Dallas Page like white trash. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, Scott Steiner went on to have some pretty crazy uh, career moments in like TNA. 
And uh, Diamond Dallas Page went on to uh, – he got signed by uh, WWE uh, during part of the invasion and was the Undertaker stalker, which I think was a horrible gimmick. Um, that should be a, something we do a podcast on sometime, just the invasion. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's, that's a lot of stuff to talk about, um, just how bad it was botched. Um, Diamond Dallas Page, he uh, eventually uh, got his uh, – pretty much his comeuppance by uh, getting the uh, wrestling Christian at uh, WrestleMania and winning the European title mm-hmm. and retiring shortly after that. So he got his moment in the sun and of course went on to DDP yoga. Yeah. But uh, Scott Steiner went on to his disastrous run in WWE. Oh, God. I forgot which, about it. <laughs> I don't think it didn't seem like that was necessarily all his fault. I think Triple H was really trying to, uh, bury him as soon as he came in, but of course they're not. They wouldn't. What could they have possibly done with him? I mean, it's not like he makes a good face. It's not like he makes a good face, a good match, a good T-shirt, <laughs> a good heel. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of Scott Steiner. Just wow, not a fan. I, I, I was talking bad about Chavo. Now you're talking bad about Scott Steiner. Yeah, I think I'd pick stay, stick with Chavo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so of course, again, uh, Scott Steiner goes over DDP. DDP uh, gets juice, and he goes out to the Steiner recliner, doesn't he? Yes, uh, second time around. Yeah. After he'd been hit in the back with a uh, steel pipe. God, that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> that looked rough. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. Well, Scott Steiner and Diamond House Page didn't get along. Uh, they didn't like each other, so I think maybe Scott Steiner might have did a little harder than normal. Yeah, <laughs> but um, overall, I think um, my favorite match of the night was Dusty and Dustin against Flair and Jarrett. I think the best match of the night, like wrestling wise, was Ernest Miller and Candy. I would agree with that. I would agree with that on all on all counts. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm a sucker for Dusty Rhodes, and he yeah, just he looked like he was having so much fun in that match. Yeah, and it was the only time they ever faced, he and Ric Flair ever faced off on pay-per-view. That's right. The only time <laughs> on pay-per-view. Well, by the time pay-per-view was coming around, they were pretty much done. Yeah. So, uh, I it was an okay. I mean, I, I, I did not enjoy this show. Um not because they didn't try, because they certainly tried. And it, maybe because it wasn't – maybe I was expecting a total cluster. I was expecting just a total a total uh, mess, and I didn't get that. And I didn't get – other than, say, Ernest Miller and Canyon and uh, Dusty and Rick, I didn't get anything else I particularly liked. So uh, maybe that's why I just didn't much care for this. I don't. I don't know, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. Well, I definitely, I definitely thought it was better than some of the shows we've been watching lately. I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. <laughs> um, and I've I've always kind of been a sucker for WCW. I've I was a WCW fan. You had two TVs going on at the same time. That's crazy. So you can yeah. <laughs> I did not. I definitely didn't want to miss any of it. Yeah. And I preferred WCW most of the time during the wars um, because I was a big, like, I enjoyed Hacksaw. Uh, I was a big Hacksaw fan. I was, I liked, um, I liked Sting. Um, 
I like Bam Bam. Like I, I liked a lot of the guys they had on there. And uh, I used to go to tons of uh, WCW uh, Nitro and Thunder tapings, or Nitro Live and uh, Thunder tapings, because uh, they they seem like they came to Columbus a lot. Now that I think about it, because I probably went to about twenty of them, twenty or thirty. And um, I even went to uh, the WCW pay per view um, in Cincinnati. Um, where Crispin won, all the radicals quit the next day. So uh, I'd always been, I'd always been like that with WCW. Yeah, cool. Uh, the next show, what, what are we going to talk about next week? Um, AWA, you said Super yeah. Clash number three. AWA Super Clash number three with. Uh, Carrie Von Eric uh, taking on uh, Jerry the King Lawler That's for awesome. the AWA heavyweight title. That sounds exciting. And uh, he was actually the world-class wrestling champion at the time. So uh, I bet that'll be a good match. Yeah, cool. I can't wait to watch that <laughs> one. Maybe maybe that'll cleanse my palate after this week. Well, it was just uh, WCW. This I, I just wanted to make sure we got like the, the last part of WCW because WCW was such an influential part of wrestling dude you, and, uh, you've been such a trooper with all the crap that i've been picking i cannot at all <laughs> you can't complain Bl- can't complain no well you, uh you should definitely watch the uh, nitro after this because uh dusty Rhodes brings in uh he he makes uh rick flair kiss his ass no i don't think i'm gonna watch that one but it's a donkey oh god so they <laughs> no i'm not gonna watch it I'm not gonna watch it can't but, bring uh, myself to no <laughs> That was actually Dusty's. Uh, now that was a lot of people's last appearance on Nitro. Was the next Nitro after this? Um, it was like the last appearance of Dusty and Dustin and uh, Jeff Jarrett and Lex Luger and uh, a bunch of guys. Cool, cool. Because the next one that uh, that's where Vince uh, fired uh, Jarrett and Luger. I wonder if that was like a shoot fire on television. I think uh, I'm pretty sure it was. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, JT, how do people get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me at tfradio.net slash H-O-G-G. You nailed and it. Also, <laughs> and also at JT underscore H-O-G-G on Twitter. I'm trying to be more active on there. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm also trying to be more a- active on Instagram. I'm on Twitter at bkilby. And on Instagram at Brian Kilby. And you can find all of our podcasts at TF Radio on Twitter and uh, TF Podcast on Instagram. Uh, but I think we do most of our sharing on Facebook, which is at facebook.com slash TF Radio. But you can find Take 4 Wrestling at Take 4 Wrestling, number four, not the word, number four, Take 4 Wrestling on the Twitters. I don't even know what Instagram is. What is that? It's bigger than Twitter. Oh, wow. It's like the second, well, in the U.S., maybe Snapchat's bigger. I don't know. But Instagram is basically, uh, Facebook owns it. It's it's kind of, think of Twitter, but with photos. Oh, okay. Yeah, it has more, oh. it has more users than Twitter does. Wow, like, that's just crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh, and, of course, um, if uh, you like the show, or even if you don't, Leave us a review on iTunes. We 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 would appreciate it. It'll help people find the show. Unless yeah. your name's Chavo Guerrero or Scott Steiner or Diecast. Oh yeah, Diecast. I'm a 
pull a Scott Steiner on him with a metal pipe. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like it, leave us a review. That would, that would help us out a lot. And, of course, uh, if you're going to do your shopping on Amazon because the holidays are coming up, go to tfradio.net slash Amazon or just go to tfradio.net and click on any of our Amazon links, and it'll take you to amazon.com. You can buy any or all of the stuff that uh, you uh, would normally get from Amazon, but Amazon sends a little bit back our way to help us out with the show. And there's a ton of good wrestling figures. Oh, my gosh, yes, and wrestling DVDs. Uh, lots of great wrestling stuff. Okay, well, JT, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. I'll catch you guys later. 